You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com, Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Hello, elegant listeners, and welcome to Go! My favorite sports team, your favorite podcast, period. Not just sports, just just period. Hey, don't tell them what to think. Oh, fine. It could be your favorite if you like it and listen to it and enjoy it. Way to not take a stance, buddy. Well, listen, Get please, off the fence. I'm a pick-me podcast. Pick me to be your favorite. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. You don't need to be so desperate. I'm Tyler, your hostess with the mostest, the one that plans the episodes and brings the knowledge to the table. But I'm not alone with my master's degree I have by my side. I'm also joined by the one and only Mark. Hi, I'm Mark. I'm that big dumb guy that don't know sports too good and <laughs> listens and makes really stupid jokes all the time or something. I don't know. Uh, the one that got accused of playing the idiot too much when you weren't yeah i know it was like far be it from me to drop my intelligence down to levels that people can understand but also i don't know sports too much and i like making jokes so sue me don't sue me i can't take it emotionally (laughs) (laughs) the stress would be too much it'd be too much i can't handle that right now i can't go to court guys i can't go to court guys anyway how are you how was your break from go break that was so long ago now yeah i know but we didn't talk about it in the other episode you're right we never talk about personal stuff how are you what was your new year's resolution i didn't make one pathetic pitiful what a rube listen i have goals that i'm trying to accomplish this well then year. that's that's a, that's a resolution all right one obviously uh-huh. everybody makes this it's getting better shape well i'm gonna make you be a butler yeah well then you need to be my chauffeur yeah well the butler comes first though we i haven't forgotten about it. we haven't <laughs> forgotten that about that everybody we have not forgotten about it we just haven't had time <laughs> i'm gonna have you when I'm filming my movie. Honestly, that would be a great time. You're going to be driving me around in my limousine. No, that's a chauffeur. I'm a butler. Butler. <laughs> You're going to be my butler. You'll be like coffee. Yes, exactly. <laughs> mm, it'll be delightful. And then I'll, I guess I'll get you an Uber or something. <laughs> <laughs> You don't mind Uber pool, do you? (laughs) Well, anyway, welcome to this podcast where we're talking about sports. We're going to bridge the world between people that don't know sports. If you're listening to this and don't know sports and you're confused at why we haven't talked about sports very much yet, that's because it's not just for people that like sports. It's for also people. Tyler, take it over. Yes, yes. Today, we're going to talk about a sport that many people are confused why it's so popular. Oh, 
But before I tell Mark what it is, I have to ask him some questions. What? Mark. What the hell? You're on a frozen lake. Okay. You have five rocks. Okay. You must make a sport. Go! Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) These rocks weigh about, like, 25 pounds. Why are they on the frozen lake? I run away from the rocks because they're going to kill me. (laughs) They're going to crack the ice and I'm going to fall through and I'm going to die. That's the game. It's okay. It's like hot potato, but with rocks. But I'm juggling the rocks in the air. And as soon as they fall, I die. (laughs) Most dangerous game. All right, Mark. Have you ever played shuffleboard? Yes. Oh. No, I want more imaginations before I get to okay, what to say. Okay, okay. I want more imaginations. <laughs> oh, I don't know what this could be. <laughs> Give me another scenario. I like the scenarios. <laughs> all right. All right. You've got slidey shoes. Huh? You've got a track of just pure ice straight ahead of you. There's a target like a bullseye in the ice. You're talking bowling? And you have one singular stone. I had five. Perfectly shaped curved in a concave fashion on the bottom and it has a handle on top are you sure concave are you sure concave yeah you sure not convex yes i'm sure concave is it yes no you're not sure you dummy yeah i'm sure what what, look at this picture that i'm all right convex is curved out convex is curved curved in no concave is curved in yeah i want the curved in for it's concave on the bottom of the stone is it? Yes. Oh, no, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not of this thing that I don't know what it is. Curling, what is it, curling ball? I don't curling know. stone. It is not. It's convex. What are you smoking? On the bottom of the stone, it is concave. No. Yes. There's no way. Yes. Okay, you can forgive me if that's true, which I don't know what if it is. I haven't seen it. But you could forgive me because when would anyone who has witnessed the sport of curling have seen the underside of that thing? It looks, because it's rounded convex towards the bottom, you'd think that that would just continue. Why would it be? It would create a vacuum. Is that the point? (laughs) (laughs) To some degree, yes. There's no way. I still haven't seen a picture of the uh, the bottom. I've got to look up. What's the the, uh, bottom? Curling stone bottom. I can send you the image. I have it pulled up. No, that's flat. That's nope, not. Nope. That's is, not. Look. There's no way. Oh, God, it is. <laughs> no. My life is a lie. My life is a lie. No. It's concave. It's concave. Oh, God. Everyone at home, I was wrong. It's concave. Oh, man. I wonder if this is probably a revelation to people that do curling themselves. Like, they've never picked it up. They've absolutely picked up their It weighs 25-something pounds, right? You said that. It weighs what? How many did you say? 20? I was throwing a rough estimate out there because I wrote this a while ago. It's a big rock. Who's going to pick it up and look at it at the bottom? How would they know? There's no way. Some people bring their own curling stones. Yeah, but some people can't afford it. Yeah, idiot. (laughs) You're right. Yeah, I am right. Point for me. (laughs) Hold on. I got to find where I have this written because the weight is in here. It looks like it's going convex down the edges, but there is a concave section at the bottom. It's heavier than 25 pounds. It's 38 to 44 pounds. Who is going to lift that and look at the underside of it? Not me. 
I bet there's at least one curler out there that did not know that it was gone. All right, uh, I, on the I, I could see that. Yeah. I could see that. Okay, all right, just checking. So I'm right. Another point for me. No, you were wrong. It's concave. I'm off two points, everybody at home. You're you have track. zero points. I have all the points. <laughs> I am the point master. Just like I'm the master of balls and holes. Uh-huh, but there's no holes in curling. I do know that. Don't tell me there's a hole. <laughs> no, I can't take this. You can't do this to me. You can't. This episode is brought to you by New Balance. You don't have to be an elite athlete when you pound the pavement. Whether you've run five marathons or you only run when necessary, whether you're chased by bears, zombies, monsters, the apocalypse is coming. But New Balance will have you covered regardless. Whether you need shoes for comfort, stability, or race day speed, they've got you covered. Because the only right way to run is your way. New Balance. Run your way. Visit newbalance.com slash running to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Rocket Money. You know, all those subscription websites, they just hide those charges from you. They're hidden and repetitive and you forget about them. Oh, I know exactly which websites you're talking about. The ones that you like to go to. You do? I've literally spent so long digging through my finances. Rocket Money can help cancel your subscriptions. You're saying Rocket Money is a personal finance app that helps and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so you can grow grow your savings? Absolutely, yes. With Rocket Money, I have full control over my subscriptions and a clear view of my expenses? Uh-huh, yeah. Rocket Money will even try to negotiate lower bills for me? Up to 20%? Maybe. But for our listeners, definitely yes. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash sportsteam. That's R-O-C-K-E-T-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash S-P-O-R-T-S-T-E-A-M. That's rocketmoney.com slash sports team. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things but at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. Side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. You've thrown stones across a lake. Have you ever done it on a frozen lake? No, I don't think I have. Have you ever swept like a broom for a long time? Probably no. (laughs) (laughs) What's a long time? I don't know. I don't know. Like really rapidly, quickly. Like, have you ever like used a scrubbing broom to like scrub something off the concrete? No. Okay. So what do you already know about primer? Aside from the fact that I just informed you. About (laughs) primer? This guy, another point for me for Tyler being dummy. What do you know about yeah, curling? Point. Okay, so I know because it's an Olympic sport. It's a winter yes. Olympic sport. And people like to make fun of it because it's inherently funny to watch. Yeah. Like it, you just like very quiet, very silent. <sighs> running forward and then <sighs> and then all of a sudden it's go, go, go. <laughs> 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 hold, hold. And then <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's such the strangest like 
increase of energy, decrease of energy, pure concentration, like the most intense thing for what seems to be the craziest thing. So I know that there's three people, one throwing it. Oh, come on. <laughs> Give me something here. There's one person throwing it. There's two people brooming. Okay, that's accurate. Is there a mysterious fourth person lurking in the wings? Is they in the ball? Are they in the stone? Is that what it's going to be? Oh, no. What is it? What is it? Where is it? How many? Teams of four. What? Four? Four? Mm-hmm. Is it like a claw machine where someone's sitting on the side and looking at it for depth? You know, where you got your friend around the corner you of the have, claw machine? You do have your spotter guy on the opposite end of the score, the target. So you have your your thrower, okay. you have the two people that'll sweep, and you have the other person. That other person is when it crosses a certain line, they become a sweeper. Oh, what? what? You'll, the you'll emergency see as we continue. Broomer. All right, so I know that there's four now. They throw a big rock across ice. Mm -hmm. There's lines and there's a big circle target and they try to get it close. And I, I bet they just compete to get the closest, right? Something yes. Like that. yes. Okay, primer over. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening. Uh, this has been... <laughs> no, it's a lot more complicated than that. No, how could it be? A lot more complicated than no. that. No. So, as a base underline, curling is a sport in which thou doth throw stones Whoa. upon glass houses. <laughs> what? Whoa. What? You just went 14th century on me, man. What the hell happened? Yeah. <laughs> thou doth. A sport in which thou doth throw stones upon glass houses. But whose house? <laughs> because that is how it started. Simply throwing stones upon a frozen lake, the glass house of the fishes. <laughs> I don't know, man. All right. What do you want from me? What do you want from me? Like, oh, good. That was great. Woo! Look at this. <laughs> All I see from pictures of curling is literally, as I described, a picture of someone very, very still, very stoic. And then, <laughs> that's it. You look at pictures of curling, it's just like the most concentrated face of just the widest eyes. And then an instant later, like, All right. Act one. Okay. Unknown beginnings. Unknown beginnings. Yes, the exact origins of the game are unclear, but curling is widely believed to be one of the world's oldest oh! team sports. <laughs> Sorry. Although there is no documented history that cites the exact beginnings of the sport, there's evidence that curling existed in Scotland in the early 16th century. There was no ice in Scotland. Guess there was? <laughs> Whoa! Whoa. <laughs> I have all the ridiculous things I say on this podcast. You're going to get offended by that one. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you say there's no ice in Scotland? Curling in the early days was played on frozen locks and ponds. In fact, the two early curling stones were found when an old pond was drained in Dubain, uh, Scotland. Oh, wow. They found some. One is inscribed with the date in 1511, along with another one bearing the date 1551. Why would they have the date on them? Like, couldn't it have just been rocks? I, they probably carbon dated them, too, so they are rocks. I don't know if carbon dating would get the date of manufacture, though, because the rocks would be the same. I don't know how carbon dating works, really, so maybe they would. I, have no I mean, idea. that's about... Dating the atoms, so it's a yeah, it's about dating the yeah, because they usually do it on decay, decayed corpses. No, not corpses, like the bones. Yeah. Oh, maybe. Whatever. Anyway, the, either way, 
1511 along with another one bearing the date 1551. Somebody who carved the stones or made them for the curling probably. Okay, sure. Um, the oldest of which is showcased in the same museum as the world's oldest football, the oldest soccer ball. Uh, the earliest documentations. Apparently, there was first written, written evidence that appeared in uh, written in Latin in 1540 by an author named John McQuinn. John McQuinn. He's a notary in Paisley, Scotland, recorded in a protocol book, a challenge between John Scatler, a monk in Paisley Abbey, okay, and Gavin Hamilton, a representative of the abbot. The report indicated that Scatler threw a stone along the ice three times and asserted that he was ready for the agreed contest. What, he did that and then agreed to contest? After it was a, they done? were practice throws, man. <laughs> Gotta get those warm-ups. This abbot, doth be practice throws, mine bro. <laughs> no! Apparently the challenge was about throwing stones across the ice in February of 1541. Uh-huh. There are also two paintings that appeared in 1564, one called Winter Landscape with a Bird Trap, uh-huh. and the other called The Hunters in the Snow, both Uh-oh. dated... 1565 by 16th century Flemish artist Peter Bruegel the Elder. What is a phlegm? <laughs> What's Flemish? <laughs> what does that mean? What do you mean? <laughs> you can't just say it right. That, is that a country? Flemington? Relating to Flanders. <laughs> it's people or their language. <laughs> To Flanders? <laughs> I'm, probably, I'm probably offending someone incredibly, but I'm like... The oh. Dutch language as spoken in Flanders. Oh. <laughs> the two official languages of Belgium. Okay. One of the two. <laughs> so Flanders is part of the Dutch language in Belgium. Okay, I did not know that. I, I didn't either. Man, we are learning things here on this podcast. Not only about sports, but this is why I love the history. I really do. <laughs> I really love the history <laughs> Apparently, these paintings both depict Flemish peasants playing uh, an activity similar to curling on frozen ponds. Okay. Albeit, no brooms. Mm. Well, no fun, then. Now, the word curling first appeared in 1620 when found in a preface and verses of a poem by Henry Adamson. I don't have the poem. Okay. <laughs> I was about to be excited. I have a, a different poem, but increasing evidence occurred. References to the game appeared with increasing frequency. It's possible to say that by the end of the 18th century, curling was played throughout the lowlands of Scotland. Uh-huh. Poets of a name I cannot even begin to pronounce, but I will spell it for you. Kirkabrightshire. It's <laughs> K-I-R-K-C-U. No, don't spell it. Keep going. <laughs> Renfrewshire and Lanarkshire. The Narkshire. That guy was an asshole. Holy <laughs> complaining to the cops. All celebrated the game and published poems. Although no evidence has been found that Robert Burns was a curler, he certainly knew all about it, as the two stanzas from Tam Sampson's Elegy clearly demonstrate. And these are how they go. Okay. When winter muffles up its... <clears throat> when Minter, blink of him, him. <laughs> Do you want me to try? <laughs> you okay? <laughs> when mi- <laughs> I'm, I <can't>, I'm, <laughs> This is real, everybody. This is very real. <laughs> when winter muffles up his cloak okay. and binds the mire like a rock, when to the lows the curlers flock, we glee some speed. Why will they station at the cock? Tam Samson's dead? Question mark? He was... 
<laughs> he was the king of. <laughs> You got it. You got. Oh no, he's gone purple. Come on, pull it together. Pull it together. I can't. Re oh, he's really gone. Yeah, I can't read it for you. Come down. Come down. Come down. Oh wow, we will. Come on, go, go. All right. <clears throat> he was the king. <laughs> <laughs> funniest poem was here in Scotland all along. He was the king of ah the core, to guard or draw or wick a boar, or up the rink like genu sore in time o' need. But now he lags on death's hog score, Tam Samson's dead. Oh god, so it wasn't funny at all. <laughs> it, was, it, was a, it was a eulogy! <laughs> So sorry, <laughs> really. Someone out there that was their favorite poem, and it meant so much to them. It helped them get over like something very sad. And here we are laughing our asses off of it, but very beautiful, very beautiful. Uh, uh, anyway, continue. Do I try and read it again without the? No, <laughs> we gotta move on. All right, the cock. <laughs> no, you can't do that. Can't That's the next line of my notes. What? The cock was the T. Don't emphasize it so hard. <laughs> you say it so hard. <laughs> the cock, you say it louder than any other word you've said. Like Will's looking at the waveform editing this. He's like, what's the spike? <laughs> cock. But then it's bigger. <laughs> no. God, you immature bastard. <laughs> Get over yourself. Come on. The, the cock was the T. Mm -hmm. To wick a boar was to wick through a port. The other technical terms are still intelligible to curlers wherever the game is played. Several of the parish ministers who contributed to Sir John Sinclair's statistical account of Scotland wrote eloquently of the place in parish life that curling occupied. Mm. Now we get into the development of curling. Okay. In the early history, the plain stones were simply flat bottom stone from rivers or fields which lacked a handle and were of inconsistent shape and size. Okay. But they were still smooth nonetheless, and they were still granite. Some early stones had holes for a finger and a thumb akin to, like, bowling balls. Bowling ball. Okay, okay, okay. But the thrower had little control over the curl or velocity and was, relied more on luck than on precision skill and strength. Wasn't bowling also a Scottish sport? I don't honestly know, but it might huh. have been. Well, because I, I seem to recall something about it, like, 
like lawn bowling the, was a thing. Yeah, definitely. Well, maybe I don't know. What do I? We mean? haven't done the bowling primer. But then, like, if it was all Scotland and bowling came from the same place, and they had a land one, and they're like, "Hey, let's play this on ice." Maybe there kind of was some similarity. That would make sense. Them. Yeah. Maybe I have no idea. Anyway, continue. And so they had little control over their throws, mm-hmm. but the sport was often played on frozen rivers. Although there were purpose-built ponds later created in many Scottish towns for the sport of curling. How much later are we talking? We're in the 18th century. Okay, all right. Getting into the 18th century now, because the last thing I talked about was in 1799 was when the statistical account of Scotland wrote about eloquently about curling. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, The sport was often played on frozen rivers, like I said. In Darvel, East Ayrshire, the weavers relaxed by playing curling matches using the heavy stone weights from the loom's warp beams fitted with a detachable handle for the purpose. And then in central Canadian curls often used irons rather than stones until the early 1900s. Uh, Canada is the only country known to have done so while others experimented with wood or ice-filled tins. Okay. Outdoor curling was very popular in Scotland between the 16th and 19th centuries because of the climate providing good ice conditions every winter. That makes sense. All right. The first curling club was formally constituted in 1716. It was the Kilsith curling club and it claims to be the first it still exists today Ah, uh, okay it has the oldest purpose-built curling pond in the world and it's located in Cosium, which is an estate mm-hmm. in the form of a low dam creating a shallow pool some 100 by 250 meters in size okay all right okay the grand caledonian curling club was organized in edinburgh in 1838 with the announced purpose of becoming an international body for curling can you say Edinburgh again? Edinburgh. You said it funny. You said it cool. Or was that correct? You you did something different. I said it, I think I said it in the same way. Will, play it back. Edinburgh. It's different. It's the same. <laughs> no, it was different. What did you do? You rolled your Edinburgh. 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 Br- 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 Is that how it's pronounced? Edinburgh. We, we went there. We went, we, we talked we about there, this before. But I don't remember Edinburgh. anything from it. Anyway, go on. I just roll my R's incidentally sometimes. So the purpose of this club was to regulate the ancient Scottish game of curling by general laws. And that's in quotation marks. That's the actual listed purpose when they were founded. Okay. Um, They earned royal patronage and made it the Royal Caledonian Curling Club in 1843. This was following a demonstration of curling on the ballroom floor of Scone Palace near Perth by the Earl of Mansfield during a visit by Queen Victoria. The Uh queen was so fascinated by the game that in 1843, she gave permission for the club's name to be changed to the Royal Caledonian Curling Club. Wow, that's very fancy. Yeah. That's pretty cool. And by 1966, the International Curling Federation was founded in that club. Okay, cool. In that location. All right. Canadian branch of that club, the Royal Caledonian Curling Club, was founded in Canada in 1852, Uh which if you don't know, curling is probably one of the more popular sports from candidates like ice hockey and curling well i mean isn't that really the two sports that they have wait no i'm being ignorant or unless i'm right they have other sports no no they don't yeah they do no way a lot of equestrian sports a lot of what equestrian oh horse yes okay you could have just said horse you don't gotta be fancy that's true but they're called equestrian sports Anyway, horse sports. You say it like we Americans do. <laughs> Why that horse sports? Yeah, what well, you got up in Canada? We got yo. that rodeo cowboy. Yeah, you ever seen a clown? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see no question before. 
Um, the Royal Montreal Curling Club came mm -hmm. into existence in 1807, and mm -hmm. it's the oldest established sports club still active in North America. Wow. In North America? Yes. America included? Yes. That's impressive. The American Championship was inaugurated in 1927 and became the world's biggest curling event. So 1927. So we're up to 1927 now. Okay. Now we're going into the United States, which backtracks a little bit. The oldest curling club in the United States is the Orchard Lake Club in Detroit, Michigan, mm -hmm. or near Detroit, Michigan. It's not in it. In 1832. Right. Okay. And then the Grand National Curling Club of America, affiliated with the Royal Caledonian in Scotland, uh -huh. was formed in 1867. Uh-huh. Okay. From then on, the sport continued to spread and introduced to Switzerland, Sweden, before the end of the 19th century, also spread by the Scots. Gotcha. And now curling is played all over Europe and has spread to Brazil, Japan, mm -hmm. Australia, New Zealand, China, and Korea. Okay, interesting. Overarching rules didn't get established until the 1830s when curling had become so popular and widespread that a demand arose for the founding of a national club to regulate the national game. I, do, I guess I understand the popularity of it because it seems like such a simple thing that a lot of people get into. I've never even come close to ever playing it, but everyone knows about it because not only is it on the Winter Olympics, but just like I said at the beginning of this episode, people like to make fun of it. People like to make fun of me because it seems so simple. They're like, why are this in the Olympics? I mean, I still don't know why, but, but whatever. It's, it's also one of the more televised Olympic sports during the Winter Olympics in the United States. Yeah. Because Yeah, because of the popularity that it has, because like you said, people like to make fun of it. But there's a lot of people in the northern part of the United States that really enjoy it. Why didn't the Winter Olympics happen? They did. What? <laughs> we talked about them. Did I miss it? It was one of the earliest topics we talked about in the, the first season of this podcast. Oh, okay. All right. So it's over a year ago, so I'm forgiven. I thought they happened like at the end of last year because it would have been 22, but this is 2023. It happens every other year, right? Every two years. Or every four years. Every it's, four years. Every two years, there's an Olympics. There's oh, a summer and then there's winter a Olympics winter. Again for four years. Yes. Oh. So the next Winter Olympics is in 2026. Fine. I think that's correct. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Continue. Sorry. I went on a tangent. So the first rules were drawn up in Scotland. Mm-hmm. And they were formally adopted as the rules of curling. Why'd you put them in quotations? Because that's what it is. Wait, but th this suggests it's what it isn't. It's, it's in quotations. The rules of curling. The what? Rules. No, it's not rules of curling. It's rules in curling. <laughs> I'm so confused. What's real? They were dot. I don't know. Uh, by the Grand Caledonian Curling Club, making it known as the sports governing body. Okay, that's when but that's in Canada, Canada, right? The Caledonian? No, the Grand Caledonian is Scotland. There's oh. associated Grand uh, Royal Caledonian branches in Canada and the United States. Oh, I don't know. Continue. It was at this time that the four by two form of the game was chosen. And by the early 1800s, this form became ousted, had ousted all the others. Four players per team, two teams. That's the four by two rule. What would it be before? Seven by three? There were a lot of different rules where there were like six players. There were six. Yeah. What are six people going to do? Three people got to have a hand on the ball before it goes each time. <laughs> There's only one broom and they got to throw it. You can't, you can't move. You're locked. Your feet are frozen in the lake and you have to pass the broom on. You got like three people on either side. You got to pick. You got to freeze your feet there day before. And then you oh, broom and then catch Jimmy. Catch Sally. And if you drop it, you lose. Yes. Someone had to be the stone. Someone had to sit on the stone yeah. like a cat on a Roomba. <laughs> like the. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. What? The cat on a Roomba. You know, you know, I can picture it. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. 
I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Over the following decades, curling grew in popularity as the sport grew and expanded. And by the 1950s, it was popular enough for two of the primary nations who practice it, Scotland and Canada, to create the Scotch Cup Series, which was an international curling competition that was held first in 1959. Okay. It was held in Falkirk and Edinburgh, Scotland in 1959. The first world title was won by Canada from a team from Regina, Saskatchewan. Mm-hmm. Over the following decade, the Scotch Cup series added six more countries to its roster in the United States, Sweden, Norway, Switzerland, France, and Germany, and the growing success of the Cup led to its having representative countries to meet in Perth, Scotland. In 1965, they formed the International Curling Federation, which became an arm of the Royal Caledonian Curling Club. Again, this particular club supervised the sport outside of Great Britain. And in 1959 through 1967, the results of the Scotch Cup are now recognized in history as the World Championship. Okay. And then the International Curling Federation established and they created a new series called the Air Canada Silver Broom, which replaced the Scotch Cup as the World Championship of Curling. Mm -hmm. And then later on, the ICF renamed itself the World Curling Federation Mm -hmm. instead of the International Curling Federation. Yeah. While this occurred and was becoming popular internationally, the sport was featured in the first ever Winter Games of the Olympics in Chamonix, the Chamonix-France Games of 1924. Mm. But afterwards, it was dropped from the Games until 1932 when it was reappeared as a demonstration port at Lake Placid, Michigan. Lake Placid, I've heard of that. That the, was the miracle at Lake Placid. Yeah, miracle on ice. Oh, that was the hockey match. Between Whoa. the U.S. and Russia. We were talking about curling. Yes. Keep, keep up. But the miracle on ice. At, <laughs> the miracle on ice. Yeah. The miracle <laughs> on ice oh, okay. was a hockey match that occurred at Lake Placid. Okay. The Lake Placid Games. All right. Sounds good. Actually, I think the Lake Placid Games predated the miracle on ice. Anyway, Lake Placid was involved in that conversation. Mm-hmm. Canada was the winner of the United States in a two-country competition in this demonstrated sport where each nation entered four men's teams each. 
25 years passed before there was a meeting held in Edinburgh in 1957 to consider the formation of an international organization required to apply for the Olympic medal status in the actual Olympics. But no progress was made. Two years later, Scotland and Canada reached a male milestone by launching the Scotch Cup. Curling continued to be featured as a demonstration sport until, which appeared in four more Olympics, 1936, at the Garmisch Partek. Kirken Games, mm. the 1964 Innsbruck Games, and the 1988 Calgary Games, and the 1992 Albertville Games. Mm. During a meeting in 1992 in Barcelona, Spain, the International Olympic Committee finally awarded medal status for the sport for both men's and women's. Mm. It would take place no later than the Winter Olympics of 2002, with an option to be included in the 1998 Nagano Japan Games. Okay. Eventually being established as the first Olympics to award a medal for curling. Uh, when was that? 1998. Oh, goddamn. It was that recent? Yeah. That wait, became an Olympic sport. Wait, wait. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold, stop. What? 1998 was when it was first earned medal status in the Olympic Games. No. No? I'm pushing back on this one. <laughs> I'm pushing back on this one. There's no way that it was that recent because all my life, all of it, it's not that much more, but it's more. It's been, I was, what? It was in the Olympics as a demonstration sport. It was not a medal sport. Why were they even there then? If they were just going to be like, hey, let us show you this cool thing. I mean, I know that rock climbing was only added to the Olympics recently. And uh, that makes sense because bouldering as a sport, even facilities for bouldering exploded in popularity in the last like six years. I mean, I think COVID had probably had a hit with that, but still it's coming back. I'm getting back into rock climbing myself, but it can't be that recent. If it's like it a is. history from the 1500s, are you kidding me? There was rocks in a lake, the Loch Ness or whatever it was. There was rocks like a sword in the stone. And, oh man, I'm, I don't know why I'm defensive of curling all of a sudden. <laughs> You're offended it took this long to be an Olympic sport. I am sport. offended. I am offended because as much as I was making fun of it before, I recognize like, yeah, there are stupider sports in the Olympics. There's the weird horsey ones. The equestrians. It's the goddamn equestrians. They were butting everybody out. They butt curling out of there. Those goddamn th people on their horses that think they're better than everybody equestrians else. Equestrians in the summer games. This is the winter games. I don't even care. <laughs> get the, yeah, get the winter horses out. Are there any winter equestrian sports in the Olympics? There are equestrian sports that take place in the winter, but in the Olympics, I do not believe equestrian is a category in the winter Olympics. Okay. All right. Whatever. All right. Carry on. Dog sledding is still not an Olympic sport. What's the sport? Is it a race? Yeah. Talk about it later. All right. So, in 2002, the International Paralympic Committee officially approved wheelchair curling as sport for co-ed teams, with the okay. sport debuting at the Torino Paralympic Games in 2006. Well, that's got to be terrifying. How do you wheel and shuffle broom at the same time? You have multiple people. Pushing? Oh. Like, with you're in a wheelchair, so you got to, like, push yourself and then... It would be skill-based, so you go... <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know. I, I guess I'm to... assuming it's all wheelchair-based. There, there are plenty of people in the Paralympics that aren't wheelchair-bound. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Continue. I'm sorry. Go. Anyway, in the curling season of 2014 to 2015, a curling sculpture was erected called Curling Pure Emotion, was sculpted by Bjorn Zerd, unveiled by President Kate Kethnis mm -hmm. at the Olympic Museum Park in Lithuania, Lausanne, Switzerland. Uh. This is incredibly notable because it became the first Olympic winter sport to have such an artifact at the museum. Mm, interesting. Act two. Oh, God. Terminology. Terminology. 
Boring. Boo. All right, go ahead. Sorry. Curling just, sheet. Boo. Boring. What is that? Curling sheet. Boo. Sorry, it's, it's instinctive. I can't tell myself. It's also known as the plane surface, a rectangular area of ice carefully prepared to be as flat and level as possible. 146 to 150 feet in length by 14.2 to 15.7 feet in width. Okay. The house which is a part of the curling sheet, is a series of concentric circles located at each end of the sheet. It is the scoring area. Circles making up the house range from smallest to largest are one foot in diameter, four feet in diameter, eight feet in diameter, and 12 feet in diameter. They couldn't have called it just like the scoring circle. They had to call it the house. Or the target. Conf- the, 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 yeah, the target the that confused everybody. The yeah. soccer all The hog line. <laughs> All right. Okay. I'm interested. The line running parallel to the short end of the ice in front of the house. It is the line in which a curler must release the stone before reaching on their throw. Mm. And the stone must fully cross the other one on the target side. Okay. To be considered in play. Okay. I see. I think. Yes. Okay. Yes. You decide if I see. You see. (laughs) I see. see. I see. I see everybody. Okay. The center line, which is the line running parallel to the long end of the ice along the middle of the sheet. This line divides the sheet into two symmetrical parts. It's just the line that you can see running straight down from center of target to center of target so that you can use it as a guideline. Mm -hmm. Okay. Sidelines are the lines running parallel to the long end of the outer ends of the sheet. If a stone touches the line at any point in time, it is out of play. All right. I see. Back lines are the lines extending parallel to the short end of the sheet that just touch the back end of the house. So they, what is that when it touches the edge of the circle? Tangential? Uh, a tangential line? Tangential would be outside, but running perpendicular to the uh, certain point on the, the circle. So you could say that. Yeah, yeah. Tangential line that touch the back of the house. If a stone crosses that line, it is out of play. Okay. The T line is the line that passes through the button, which is the smallest circle of the house, uh-huh. across the width of the sheet. Okay. As soon as the stone crosses this line, uh-huh. that is when the opponent who did not toss the stone okay. can then sweep to try and move that away from the center line and towards the back line to get it out of play. Uh, do you have like a video? Stone. <laughs> you ready? This is my video for you. Okay. Stone goes towards target. Ah, uh, okay. Center of button. Okay. Stone crosses that line uh, that crosses the center okay. of button. Okay. Other team can now sweep to make move away from center of. Oh, okay. So it's not the same team that was sweeping before. Correct. Opposite team. The other, yeah, they can now go like, what? Play defense. Okay, I got it. I got it. I got yes. it. I got it. So the other team isn't just sitting on the sidelines waiting. They're ready. Yes. Uh... And whether it's a tiny bit of the stone or the entire stone that goes across it, they are allowed to start sweeping until it stops moving. Can you sweep to get more speed? I thought it would just slow it down. The sweeping is to affect the speed and the curl of the stone. So Uh, you sweep a certain way, the way it works, and I'll explain it on how the ice works, is they're kind of creating a liquid surface of the ice, which is why the bottom of the stone is concave, so then it will slide faster. You slow the sweeping so that the spin of it, uh, which is hence the name of the curling, for it to bend and curve. Are you saying they sweep so fast that the friction melts the ice? Yes. Oh, my God. How fast are they sweeping? Very fast. Faster than the camera can catch, apparently. I thought they were just, like, roughing it up a little bit. No, they're... Really? Yes, they're melting the ice. Like, why? Whoa, curling's so much more badass than I thought. (laughs) What? Why didn't anybody explain that? We'll get into that. I need to get back through the terminology. They called it a broom, 
not a blowtorch. Yes. What the hell? All right. Can I move forward with terminology no! now? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. The button is the center circle of the house that is one foot in diameter. It is the reference point when considering scoring. The very center of the circle, the way curling is scored, is you get a point for having the stone closest to the center of the circle. Uh-huh. You can get another point if your second stone is closer than your opponent's. Okay. If your opponent's is closer, then the scoring stops. Okay. That's how you score multiple points in curling. Okay, I see. Now, this is a very important term, the free guard zone is the area between the hog line and the T line. So it's the front half of the targeting area. I'm just going to pull towards the hog line. I can send you here. I'll just no, send no, you. no, 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 no. I got it. I'm I have diagrams on my diagrams are a curling rink diagram. Here we go. I'll just get chat GPT to explain me curling. No. Do you know what chat GPT? I, I do know about it. I'm going to get it. I'm going to ask it. But I'm sending I sent you the document. No, no. I, I look, I got chat GPT. It's down. You're talking about this. You sent me. It's <laughs> judging to be down right now. Never mind. All right. I'll look into this. I, I'm not signed in. I can't get into it. Whatever. Keep explaining. All right. So the area between the hog line and the T line, excluding the house. So none of the curvature of the circles. Mm-hmm. This protects the first five stones that are thrown by mm-hmm. a team from being removed from play. They can be moved. But if removed, like knocked out of place or off the sideline, they are put back into their last standing placement. This was created by curling in order to make it more strategic so that it wasn't just whoever had the last stone to score points. So back in the day, teams could take out guard rocks as soon as they were placed, led to a clutter-free games, but also low scoring and predictable outcomes. It was in the 1980s that Russ Howard came up with the Howard rule based on practice drill his team used uh, where the first four rocks in play could not be removed at any point during and regardless of where they were placed. This kept more rocks in play and made for more interesting games and required more difficult shots and more curvature, hence why the name curling was thing. This was modified as the four rock guard free zone, and then it became a five rock zone in um, 20. 11? Yes. 2011 during the Pinty's Grand Slam of curling. Uh-huh. And it was at a Canadian Open. And so basically you get to play an extra guard which can lead to more aggressive play and give more control to the team holding the hammer as now the six rock in play can dictate the flow at the end. Uh-huh. So the idea was then it made it so that you could guard the zone and make it more difficult for the other team that had the hammer, which is the last rock in each end of curling, Okay, to be able to score points okay and so it makes the need to curl which is the iconic part of why it's called curling okay i see to curl the stone equipment the stone is an object that is thrown in curling each one weighs the range of 17.24 kilograms to 19.96 kilograms 38 to 44 pounds and is made of granite the most interesting part is that most of the stones hail from alsa craig an island in scotland or they can be from Treffer Granite Quarry located on the coast of Wales. But most of them, the most prominent stones, they have to come from those locations. Is this like the baseball situation where a mud can only be from that one bayou in Mississippi or whatever it is? Like for the mudding of the baseball or whatever you said so back when? Yes. All right, whatever. A bunch of pretentious bastards. <laughs> the bottom of the stone is concave so that the outside ring called the running band concave, is in contact with the concave, house. whatever. The broom, which is an object used to sweep the stones. Nowadays, brooms are made of composite materials and a synthetic pad, which makes contact with the ice. 
Brooms and curling are meant to affect the ice surface by reducing its friction for the stone through heating the ice. This causes two phenomenon. First, the rock travels further, and second, the rock does not curl as much. In recent years, new waterproof fabrics have emerged, bringing the sport to a device of choice. They were more efficacious to warm the ice due to higher stroke rate mainly. However, it was shown recently that these fabrics could alter the path of the stone dramatically and make the sport easier. And I'm, gonna, I'm gonna, uh, raising my hand. Yes. As a not sport guy, and in defense of the people that are not sport people, you lost me a while ago. And not in a confusing way that I'm not understanding what you're saying. I totally get what you're saying. I just really want to play curling. And I, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. I'm we're, just very, saying we're very close. I'm, uh, all right. We're very close. Okay. We're very close. Okay. Either way, they limited what type of fabric could be used on the broom. Okay. Because technology was becoming too much of a factor. Of course. Stabilizer, you know that little handhold thing you see the curlers using in one hand while the stone's in the other? No. That's what that's called. Okay. It's when they throw the rock so that they don't fall over. Okay, got it. And it was designed in 1998. Okay. Wait, that was the year that it was introduced to the Olympics? Yes. Wait, specifically designed by Errol Morris, three-time Briar competition, 1998 world junior coach and former coach of Team Canada. It doesn't say when it was invented. Okay, all right, fair enough. It was just, that's his thing. Okay, that's his thing. The hack is the foothold that they push off of when they mm. go to throw the stone. Okay. Uh, there are two footholds on each hack, one for a lefty curler, one for a righty curler. Okay. Slider is the piece of Teflon under the curler's foot so that they can slide on their shoes. And they so, let it go? They don't just have that on their shoe? Yeah, so it, it can be stuck to their shoe, but they also have grippers on it so that you can, if, if you've ever watched a curling person when they're pushing themselves and sliding on like the ball of their foot, uh -huh. they have sliders and grippers on each foot it's like uh heelys yeah they could just have heelys no because it's ice you wheels could... wheels generally don't work as well on ice because they don't keep you unidirectional uh, okay you're probably right about that there are four positions in curling and these are important to know the lead which is the teammate that throws the first and second stones mm -hmm. and he sweeps all of the other stones uh -huh. the second is the teammate that throws the third and fourth stones uh -huh. and the second sweeps all the other stones okay the vice is the teammate that acts as the skip while the actual skip throws their stones. What? The vice usually throws the fifth and sixth stones and sweeps the Wait, first four stones. Vice and skip? What is the skip? What's We're what? getting to the skip. The skip's next. Okay. So he sweeps the first four stones. The vice does. Okay. After that, he moves to the skip position. The skip is the leader and strategist and usually throws the last stones of the end, the seventh and eighth. He remains on the side of the sheet that the stones are being thrown towards on the end uh, to sweep after the ball, the stone crosses that line, uh, which is called the T line. He's the uh, one who sweeps when it crosses the T line when he throws, aside from when he's thrown in the seventh and eighth. The vice and the skip switch when the skip is throwing stones. Okay. Which is why the vice and the skip are important to know because they are the two people that are going to be the strategic minds of the game. Got it. Okay. And they're the ones that then sweep when the ball crosses the T line. Okay. All the right. lead in the second only are sweepers during the front line. Yeah. Okay. Got it. General terms to know an end is a round of eight stones thrown per team, alternating which team throws. A game usually consists of eight to 10 of these. The hammer is the advantageous last shot. It alternates who has it per each end. It's just a name for the final stone of the throw. It's strategically smart to try and hold the hammer in the end of the match when you win the coin toss at the beginning of the game. Okay. Shot rock is the stone that is closest to the button, aka the scoring rock. Um, it's the rock that you want to move or beat 
in getting closer to the center. Okay. And the counter is any stone that would earn a point for their team, including the shot rock. Okay. So they're the counted stones. Act three. Okay. Pause. Baby Mark. Okay. So I just attended a college lecture on things that none of it stuck. Don't ask. It, there better not be a quiz at the end of this because I'm not going to recite a goddamn thing. Okay. And also, screw you. Uh, but also, I'm baby Mark. And I, all I did was I saw since I was born in 1998. I saw, ooh, wee, I want to play. So I go to my local lake curling <laughs> club i'm wandering out on a lake in my little <laughs> <laughs> i'm on a curl it's boosh. all right anyway. so there's a curling club apparently in cincinnati i hope what am i doing how do i how, well, like do you have to know this to get into it no these are terms so that when you're so i start off these primers trying uh -huh. to discuss what terms will be used so that when you're watching the sport you can uh -huh. understand it okay the plane comes in in the last act, which is act three. Uh -huh. So the idea is you understand the equipment you need. You know you need to use the broom. The broom is used to sweep and uh -huh. make the rock yeah. go faster and curl less. Uh -huh. You know the stones. The stones are going to be used for you to throw. The stabilizer helps so that you can throw a stone. Those pieces of equipment. You need to know your position because if you're the skip, then you got to be able to call in the shots and telling people how they want to throw or curl the stone. Couldn't you just combine the how to play with the terms when they come up? I could, but then it wouldn't be three acts. What do you need three acts for? You told me I needed three acts. Well, I didn't. I said a three-act structure is kind of cool. Wait, have you been sticking to that just because I said it once? No. It makes sense in my head to understand the terms, so then when I explain the rules, I don't have to constantly go back and explain the word because then my mind gets tripped up because I don't know what the word means, and then I have to go find out what the word means again uh, and go into it. God, I'm so confused. Okay, how about we just do this? We'll compromise. Okay. A game is on. What's happening? All right. You flip a coin. Okay. Heads. You win. <laughs> yes! Yeah! Good game, guys. I'll see you at the, the bar. You win the coin toss. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> okay. I won the coins toss. Do you want the hammer to begin the game, or do you want the hammer at the end of the game? What's a hammer? The hammer is the final rock that's thrown at an end. Isn't this better? I get to ask a question instead of going, oh, the goddamn hell. Okay, so the, well, I missed. What did you say the hammer was? <laughs> the hammer is the last stone thrown at an end. Okay, all right. I get the hammer. Yes, you get to choose whether you want it to start the game. Okay. AKA have advantage on the first end of an eight-end game, or you could have it at the last end. Okay. Which is the last opportunity to score a point to end the match. Got it. Okay. So I want it at the end. Correct. You would want it at the end. Okay. Strategically, maybe, maybe more Mark has won the coin toss. I'll buy put it at the end. Okay. Put it at the end. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. Now, now you start a game. Okay. Cool. You go to the one end. You're going to toss the first stone. You're going to be, you're going to be the Vic. No. The Vike. You're the lead. The lead is the first one to throw stones. Oh, okay. All right. Interesting. So you're going to throw the first and second stones. Okay. Ready. Generally, you want to play them inside the free guard zone and protect. You okay. don't want to just put it in the scoring area because okay. then they can be removed because that's outside of the free guard zone. Interesting. So I want to put them outside of the target. Outside of the target to protect the center mark. Oh. You want to make it harder for them to get in there and play to your best advantage ah. of how you curl the stone around okay. to put it on the button. All right, so just as a lead, I don't want to throw it with a lot of power. I just want to get it into a spot where when they're Correct. throwing, because everyone's throwing in the same direction. 
Correct. So I want to put it in the way so they can't just get to the center. But they wouldn't want to get to the center anyway because if they got to the center, they also then I want. Would just... They also want to move the guards to make it advantageous for them. Exactly. So the trick is to go for the center right away because no one's trying to go for the center. Right no, because then they'll just remove it. Baby Mark did it in the center. It got removed by the other team. Now there is in the center. Damn it! I hit it in the center again. Then they hit it away again. Damn it. Then I hit it in the center again. Then they hit it away again. Again! And again. But I got the last one. No, you oh. don't in the first end. You have it in the last end of the game. How many ends? Eight to ten. Oh. All right. So I put it in the free safe zone. Now they cannot hit it. I see. They can't remove it from play. They can move it, but if they remove it from play, it gets put back exactly where they are. This is just like the offsides rule. No. All right. I thought I was, I was trying to relate it to something <laughs> that we knew. All right. Okay. We, all right. It's not everybody at home. It's not. Okay. Yeah. So you you want to protect the house uh -huh. by placing a guard in front of it in a position to where your teammate, uh -huh. who would be your skip, uh -huh. would have the <laughs> best. It's fine. Go on. The best way to play to their favorable way of curling the stone to put it in the house to end the game. My skip. Yes, you're okay, Skip, your skip. teammate. I'm not Skip. You are the lead if you're throwing first. I'm the lead. Yes. Am I better than the Skip? No, the Skip is your best player. I am a baby. Okay, I acknowledge this. <laughs> However, I'm bored with a lot of potential. I do want to say that. And so I, I if someday I'll be better than them, you know, they, they're looking at me side-eyed because they're like, you're gunning for my spot. And I'm like, goo goo gaga, I am, bitch. And I punch him in the shin. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, all right, first one's down. It's in the safeguard there. All right, yeah. so you, then the other team will throw, and they'll probably put one in the safeguard zone as well, Okay, but probably move yours so it's advantageous for them without knocking it out of bounds. If they can. Correct. Yeah, and it's no guarantee because obviously there's skill involved. Correct. Okay, all right, okay, cool. So as And the, that's that's how it alternates, and then you try and after the first five, uh -huh. so you're down to your final three stones. Okay, three stones. You're trying to put them into the house at that point. Okay. You can play into the house during the first five, uh -huh. but the first five, if played in the free guard zone, cannot be removed. So I'm trying to curl this thing, and I'm not in the broom at this point. I, am I on the broom at this point? After your first two throws, you would be on the broom. Okay, so I'm on the broom. So I am listening to these guys. To the thro whoever's throwing and the skip telling you whether to sweep harder <laughs> or, or off, which uh -huh. means stop sweeping. Okay. What if it's just like the guy always curls left and I just never get to do anything? Does that happen? No. All right, they always. usually still want some sweeping. Because mm -hmm. the other thing you can do is you can sweep to lead the curl. Oh, you can sweep opposite because, seas. Because you sweep the side that you want it to curl towards so that it's rougher on one side and it starts pulling it to curl more. Right. So both of you could be sweeping on one side. Correct. Ah, okay. So it's all just about listening. Because yes. you can't see where it's going. Correct. Right? If you're you on just the broom, gotta trust your right. teammate to tell you what to do. Okay, so baby me's running as fast as I can. Okay, got it. Can I get into Act Three now? I thought we were in Act Three. No, I didn't start. What, what, what Act what? Three, the game. Wasn't that what we were doing? To a degree. <laughs> there are important aspects to, at the beginning of the game that we didn't get to discuss. Why didn't you just talk about it then? Because you interrupted me and I had to do what you I, wanted to do. Oh, I'm sorry. I tried to be a part of this podcast <laughs> that we're both a part of. I'm sorry that I tried to take on the co-hosting role instead of sitting here going, ooh, ah, okay, uh-huh. <laughs> I'm sorry I wanted to be an active participant. Are we doing this in front of everyone? Are we doing this? Are we doing <laughs> Go on with right. your act. I want three. to explain something that happens before the game okay, that is right. an important aspect of the act. All right, I'm ready. All right. 
Before you begin a game of curling, an ice technician has to sprinkle at least two layers of water droplets on the ice that freeze to form two heights of bumps. It is not smooth ice when you're actually playing a game of curling. It is bumpy. And the reason for this, this adding of bumps of ice is called pebbling. The first layer uses room temp water, and the other layer they use hotter water to make higher bumps. These are what melt to create the layer of water for the stone to slide upon and for you to melt when you're sweeping. This allows for the curling. The bumps make it so that it's a rough surface, so then the stone will actually curl. The pebbling is extremely important, just like the concavity in the bottom of the stone, to minimize the surface area of the rock and minimize friction. How did they know hot water would create taller pebbles? I don't know. They could not have thought of this at the beginning of this nonsense, No, they used to play it on regular ice, but this is now... Remember, they didn't have sweeps and brooms when they first started playing. They didn't? No. When did, oh, you're right. They didn't. I knew that. Yeah. I paid attention. <laughs> <laughs> so this is where the sweeping and the other more intricate strategy came into play is when this became and developed throughout the years of sport. Okay. All right. So Interesting. The, the water is fascinating because it goes through a multi-tank reverse osmosis system and gets deionized in a lab-style room under most venues that house curling. Um, it is then heated to the proper temperature, 140 degrees for the bigger first layer of pebbles and 80 degrees for the second layer, and a metal urn identical to the ones used for coffee and tea in normal like cafeteria. Fascinating. There's science in this sport. Yep. The other part is after pebbling, a scraper nips off just the tops of the dots on the ice to allow for a smoother glide. Okay, that's ridiculous. All right. I was like, okay, cool. Interesting. I'm like, they, <laughs> someone goes with a pair of scissors and snips off the... You're bullshitting me. This nope. was all nonsense from the beginning. No. Is that what a Zamboni does? No. What does a Zamboni Zamboni do? melts and smooths the ice. It removes the skates from the it's ice. big broom. Yes. Like the curling brooms. It's just big. Go on. The other part, before a match begins, mm-hmm. before every game game of curling, you have to shake hands with the other team and wish them good curling. I mean, it is in the rules. <laughs> it is in the rules. I mean, that's his sportsmanlike conduct. I do appreciate that, but do they have to specifically say, good curling, good curling, good curling? Apparently. It's like saying GG says. at the end of a game. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So very often you curl against the same people over and over. So usually after you introduce yourself once, you don't do it again, but it is common uh, for you to introduce yourself to a team that you don't know. That's fair. That's just polite. That's a Canadian rule. It's to be very friendly. Okay, that's cool. And then obviously we got into the beginning with the coin toss. All right. All right. So now we're at curl five. Curl five. Yes. All right. So your lead and second have both thrown their stones. Okay. Curl number five would be thrown by your vice vice okay he's the one who becomes the skip after he's done throwing his stones and he's been sweeping the first four stones so all four players do eventually throw correct all four players have to throw okay correct got it got it got it it. this isn't always the case this is just the common thing for the vice to throw the fifth and sixth stones Mm -hmm. the skip usually is your best player the most knowledgeable and stuff like that right okay after the first four of each team are thrown this is when scoring they start trying to throw them into the house to try and score points and this is where you get curling around the guards to then put it in scoring position. Fascinating. So what they'll often do, instead of going straight for the button on their first throw, uh, they'll place it in front of the button okay. so that if the other team screws up, they kind of knock their stone closer into the button. Okay. So this is me, baby. Yes. How hard can I curl this bad boy? Like curve it? It can How curve hard? from the outer edge to the center of the button if done properly. Really? Yes. 
can you throw it from the outer edge? No. You have to throw it from the center line. Yes. So what's even the point of <laughs> why are they look all so constipated when they're throwing it if they're just like, I just gotta You gotta understand they gotta throw it at an angle to then curve around stuff. Oh, they can throw it at an angle. I thought for some reason they could just send it, send it straight I, down the middle every time. I'm so stupid, no, I apologize. No, 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 no. Okay, so they're throwing at an angle. So it's it is like bowling. Yes. It is, you can put enough of a spin. Do you put spin on? Do you yes. put a little, little That's why you see it? them turn the handle when they let go? Is that handle? Yeah, so the curling stone has a handle on top. Today's oh, curling I stone. knew that. Yeah. Never mind. And yeah. So when you see them release, you see them like push the handle. That's to create the spin. Uh, okay, okay. All right. I'm stupid. Of course there's a handle. I, I thought of a big rock. I thought it was <laughs> like a normal rock. Yeah. But okay, 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 okay. Is this another situation where it's like baseball and they go through way too many curling stones? Like they chuck a curling stone out after like one game or something like that? I they, don't think so because they're granite. Okay, good. That's they, what I was like. If for. it starts getting chipped up and worn down, that's why you have the range of the weight. You don't uh -huh. have like it has to be this exact weight because right, they right. do bump and cause issues. But for the most part, they're sealed really nice and they uh -huh. last a while. Okay, let's assume that's down to the wire. I've scraped my best and now it's the skip. Skips. He's yeah. up. Last one. Why is this so important? What is he trying to do? It's a mess of stones, right? It's just Correct. a mess of stones. Yes. Okay. His goal is to score at least one point. Oftentimes you're in a there there are multiple scenarios that can happen throughout the course of a curling match. You want that hammer to either knock another stone away to make it become more than one point, mm -hmm. knock away their closest and make sure you have one, two, three stones that then are counters, they count for points. Okay. Because anytime you can score multiple points in an end, uh -huh. you are at an advantage throughout the rest of the game because it is extremely difficult against a good team to score more than one point per end. Usually gotcha. what ends up happening is the team with the hammer scores one point. Mm -hmm. And the hammer is just the person who has the last. The hammer throw. is just the last stone thrown in it. Right. Because someone goes first, and that means the other team would have the hammer because they would have the response, and then you switch sides. Yes. Eight or ten, however many you said, rounds, yeah. and then boom. Correct. Okay, I get it. So having the coin toss one means you get the last hammer of the last game. Correct. The final hammer. Which means you know how many points you have to score to win. Gotcha. It's why in football, in college, oftentimes when they go to overtime, they'll do a coin toss. And if you win the coin toss, you elect to be on defense first mm. because it, then you know what you have to make mm -hmm. to go. That is advantageous because then you're like, oh, it's fourth down. I need a touchdown. I go for it instead of kicking a field goal. Right. Okay. Whereas I, the other sense. team's like, do I go for it? Uh -huh. They have to make a decision. Okay. I see. Got it. So it's it's similar in that way. So having that last stone, mm -hmm. if you can do well throughout the game, you're in a position where you're like, we're in a position where we can win and end this now. Mm. Whereas otherwise, you're trying to maintain your score high enough to where the other team cannot win in that, that last end. You can be mathematically eliminated in curling where there's no possible way you can score the amount of points needed to win the match. What's the most amount of points? Three? You said? The most you can score in curling, it's highly unlikely, is your eight stones. All eight are in. Correct. All eight are closer than your opponents. But at that point, if there's a good team, they just knock one away and then you're mathematically eliminated because you only have seven stones. Right. Because in order to score all eight, you have to go for the center like right away. Uh, 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 
How would you be mathematically eliminated? Oh, if you knock, if yours is closer than all of theirs, then Correct. you get the. Oh, I see how scoring works. Yeah, so, so it doesn't matter if they're all seven. It would just all seven would have to be closer. But if you, if one is closer than all of them of the other teams, then they get no points. Correct. Ah, no, no, I see. Yeah. So whoever has the closest mm -hmm. gets a point. If you have two that are closer than any of your opponents, then it counts as two. Right, right, three, right. Three, et cetera. But I if see. the opponent's one is closer, they're the only one that can get points in that end. I see. So it is a very strategic game. Yes. So this is, there is a lot of skill involved. Yes. All right. And that's curling. Yes. There's a lot more technical stuff about it. Like um, after a stone is thrown, players are allowed to sweep the ice in front of the stone. It clears the ice and debris, and that might slow the stone down. And it can also be used to, like we said, pull the stone to curl the correct direction. Mm -hmm. Sweeping is allowed by any player on the throwing team between the two T lines, but they are not allowed to sweep opponent's stones in that area. They are only allowed to sweep their stones. Once the opponent's stone crosses the T line, that's when they can sweep. And usually the person that sweeps is then your the person that's been standing, your strategic guy back there. And the T zone is that tangential line. No, the T zone is the one that crosses directly across the button. Ah, so, so if it goes through perpendicular the to the long side of the court and goes across the center of the actual target. Okay, yeah. Target. And if it crosses that line, any part of it, they can sweep and try to get it to go even further. Correct, your opponent's stone. I gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Now, sweeping is allowed by any player on the throwing team between the two T lines. Behind the T line at the end, only one player from each team may sweep at any one time. So you could have you could have the guy throwing also get out a broom and just go, I'm sweeping. No. You just said any player. So the throwing player, there's no way they're going to catch up to the stone to sweep. What if they throw real slow? Then they could, but you already have your two <laughs> teammates that are going to be sweeping. What if they're really fast? Sure. If you really <laughs> want to do it instead of having your players there, you what could. What if they throw it in such a cool way that it goes under the ice and then appears, but it's technically closer to the center? You can't throw under the ice. Why not? You're not on lakes oh, anymore. Oh, I'm sorry. Our three-dimensional world isn't enough to contain this two-dimensional system. How are you going to make a rock float? Oh my god, it's skill! It's granite! It's called skill! I'd like to what see... If you, what if there, you know that the depth below the ice is enough that eight stacked stones on top of each other would be, would be touching the bottom of the circle, and therefore you throw them under the ice perfectly so that they stack each one on top of the other. Boom, 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 boom. And then you have one that's closer than any of... Even if they get it dead center, you got like... It's literally like right there. Yeah? Mark, your creative mind knows no bounds. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're saying I it. suppose it could potentially work, there but I do go. not believe yeah, it is that's, that's highly like plausible. That's what I like to hear. This is, I, scoring is based on the surface of the ice. Nothing below the surface of the ice. Qualifies. Okay, you spin it hard enough that it floats above, this, and it's like a defensive thing. So it's spinning so fast that nothing, anything touches it. From the conservation of angular momentum, you know what I mean. <laughs> and that's curling. <sighs> there's so many more rules that I have here that I haven't talked about. But do people need to know it? Well, there's the time limits. Uh, there's multiple ways to play with time limits. Mm. So like thinking time. Mm. You have to throw by a certain amount of time. You have a set thinking time throughout the entire match. That's when timeouts come into play. There are curling violations that can happen when you touch a moving stone. Mm. You're not allowed to touch a moving stone while you're sweeping. You cannot sweep opponent's stones unless you cause them to move. So if your stone, you throw a ham like a, a hard stone to, to knock their stone out of the way, mm -hmm. you can then sweep in front of those stones that you knocked. 
Oh, even because after they cross the T line, yeah, they're you initiated the motion. Ah, I see. Okay, it's, yeah. So if you initiate the motion, you can you can sweep in that way. Okay. All right. No, I'm wrong. Only you can sweep in front of your own stones. See, this is except why you should have stopped T-line. when you were there, because right, then you right. could be wrong. Uh, you get accused all over the place. Well, that's an important part They're of the They're going to accuse all over you. All right, you. that's curling. You hey! know what? <laughs> why do you seem aggravated? I understand curling, and I had a great time. No, I, I get it, but now it's like... <sighs> now what? I spent well, so much time. Spend less time next time. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, it was all good because whenever I have a question that's out of the blue and you have no idea where it's coming from, you have the knowledge to answer it. It was not all useless. That's true. Yeah, it's all true. Hey, why are you being so sad? Baby Mark is very happy and playing curling. That's the goal. You got to remember, that's the goal. So, the goal is not so much that people like have knowledge in their head. It's yeah. They have an appreciation for curling, which I do now. Okay. Yeah. So the scoring part, this is an important note. The vices of each team discuss the score at the end. They discuss it? Yeah, so they look at the stones, and then they decide who actually scores. Oh, okay. So, so yeah. it's it's a gentleman's game. It's not like you have an official that does stuff. You can ah. In Olympic curling, they have an official that you can call in if there's a discrepancy yeah, where they yeah, actually yeah. measure. Uh-huh. But at the end of the match, they both teams head people, the vices, who are out there at the end of the game as the strategic in place of their other dude that makes sense just because it's like yeah if you look at it it's pretty obvious most of the time but but sometimes it's incredibly close yeah okay cool now there are special rules for mixed doubles we can talk about them at a different time but instead of eight stones they throw five per end okay so all right well thank you so much tyler for all the beautiful research i think you've done the world of curling a service today and I think you've done the world of the rest of the people who are not the world of curling another service by informing them more about curling. Yeah, I would love to try curling. Actually, a friend of mine just tried curling for the yeah. first time today. Well, that's what I want as like another part of this podcast is us doing these sports, like actually like trying them out, like in video format, along with the Butler video and the chauffeur thing. We'll get to them eventually. But video like video is important to this. Yeah, it's just sports. like when we did the the perfect spiral video, the idea of being able to learn to be able to actually do these things. Exactly. Is really cool. Yeah. So thank you, everybody, so much. If you want to try curling for yourself, there's probably a curling club like all these niche sports. There's probably a club in your city that you just didn't know about it unless you live in the middle of nowhere. But thank you for listening to this podcast. Yeah, check out the Curling Club near you. You could probably just go and watch even then because the only time I really ever see it televised, at least in my experience, is the Winter Olympics. Mm -hmm. But I'm sure you could find a way. There's definitely Curling World Championships and other stuff that occurs throughout the year, especially during the winter. So check it out. Google it. Watch videos, whatever. Yes. And thank you, everybody, so much for listening. Be sure to Google it. Watch the videos for us. Go my favorite sports team. Check out the merch, store.gmfst.com. You can check out Tyler and all his stuff, apocalypto underscore 12. And you can check out my stuff, Markiplier. But most importantly, check out the rest of the podcast episodes that we have done for this. There's much more knowledge to be gained and more for us to learn. Yeah. And more for me to adapt and get better at. Get better. It's not about getting better. It's all about improving, Mark. Oh, no, you can't make this into a competition. Life isn't a competition. Improving is not a competition. It's a competition with yourself. Oh, I guess. Which I'm a big fan of. So I do appreciate that. Okay. Okay?